Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Uh, Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Thomas Lorini. Let's start by telling us a little bit about yourself. Sure, great. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on your show. It's It's just an honor to be here. and Thank you for the invite. So my story, where do we begin? I'm a Canadian and now I'm a U.S. citizen. <laughs> so <laughs> let's uh, let's kind of start from, uh, you know, uh, back my background. I was born and raised in Toronto, uh, pretty much lived there most of my life. Um, and then I met my wife here in California back in uh, 2007. We ended up getting married and she moved to Toronto. So we were married and we had uh, we're living in Toronto, had both kids, both born in Toronto. And then uh, we just vacation, come visit her family every year, a few times a year. We loved it down in California. Yeah. You know, our family's in Orange County. Uh, we got that consistent sunny weather. So we decided, you know, let's give it a shot. Let's see. Let's, let's give it a shot. Come down here for six months and see if we liked it. So that was about five, almost six years now. And uh, after six months, we're like, yeah, we like it here. So we ended up moving here and uh, we've been living here since. Um, but, you know, I still consider myself a Canadian, born and raised, like I said. And, um, you know, it, it's just uh, my, my, my whole family is back in Canada. So I do, we do go back and forth quite a bit and I continue to invest in Canada in real estate. So it's something a little bit different, a little unique. Um, I do invest in the U.S. as well. So I'd love to share a little bit kind of like my background in investing, how I got started and, uh, and what I'm doing today, if that's OK. Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. All right. So, you know, my background originally was mechanical engineering. You know, I went to school, studied, um, you know, my dad had a machine shop growing up, so it's always kind of hands-on-y, and um, I went into that whole technical school, went to Centennial in Scarborough, got into uh, into engineering and manufacturing, you know, positions, got, you know, and pretty good. I was in many, you know, management and uh, supervisory roles, and uh, in 2004, I bought my first property, and I just wanted to move out of my parents' house, got my first property, it was about 24, uh, almost 25. And I quickly realized it was a three-bedroom townhouse. And I was like, I don't need all this space. Maybe I'll rent the basement out to somebody. You know, let, let me see what yeah. I could do. And quickly rented it out. And the guy was paying me about 900 bucks a month. And I was like, wow, this guy's paying my mortgage. You know, that was my first case of being a landlord. And I was like, I like this. Yeah. You know, someone else paying my bills. I'm able to, to save more money. So, you know, that was the starting point. But it wasn't like things started scaling quickly after that. You know, I, I was still in manufacturing at that point. And then I got married and then, you know, had, had, a, had a child. But I always thought, like, I really want to get back into, into real estate or do more deals. I just, you know, I found it fascinating that I could have someone else paying for, you know, my my uh, my retirement in, in essence, right? Yeah. So uh, in 2011, I joined Rain, which was a, a network. I believe it's still around yeah. in, in Toronto and across Canada, I believe. It's one of the more popular ones real estate investment network. And I joined that in, I think it was in uh, January or February. And then by by May, I bought my second property. It was a duplex in Hamilton. So, you know, identifying the markets, where to invest in, you know, all that stuff come, came about. is like, I was living, you know, just outside Toronto. Where can I invest? How, what can I afford? All those things came into play. But at some point, I tell people, you got to make a decision. So whatever it is, you know, if you you know, you crunch the numbers, you look at all these different metrics, however you want to determine a growing market where rents are increasing, property values are increasing, you want to go there. But there were a number of different areas, Kitchener, Waterloo, you know, there was a uh, Barry and so forth. I decided Hamilton. So 
bought a duplex and that first, you know, truly rental property really gave me, you know, a real good taste of, <laughs> of how challenging real estate can be. You know, I almost gave up and I kind of this whole first property, the first year I could probably go on for about an hour, but in a nutshell, you know, I probably, yeah, I got, I got, um, really taken advantage by the, the contractor and then I had to find a different contractor to finish the work. Didn't, and then didn't get tenants into the actual property for like six, seven months. And then I got tenants into them, had a flooded basement, dealing with contractors just to, to address that issue. Actually put the market uh, for sale a year later. It didn't sell. And I was like, man, this is crazy. And I would be driving out, you know, an hour and a half to do my own open houses, to find my own tenants and all that stuff. So it was really a, a real learning curve. Um, but, you know, thankfully I still own that property and, uh, I, I, you know, my strategy is more buy, buy and hold, never sell. Yeah. And uh, you know, the property is, you know, almost tripled in value since I bought it. So I'm thankful if I, I've owned it. So if I've gone through the scars, uh, I've gone through all that and, um, and then slowly, you know, I had the courage to buy another property. So it was about a year and a half, I bought another property, a single family in Hamilton. And that's where I got a little more confident because that one, I acquired it fix it up in a few weeks, put a tenant in place, and then just sat back. I was like, wow, this is how it should be. It's not rocket science. It shouldn't be that difficult. And, um, you know, and if you have good people on your team, from contractors, agents, and whatnot, it, it should be relatively smooth. And that's what ended up happening. So from that point, we actually moved to the U.S. So at that point, we had three properties. Moved to the U.S. and... Um, you know, I got out of engineering. I started having a passion for this whole real estate thing. So when we moved here, I had a decision to make. You know, I, I could continue going into that field of manufacturing, or even telecom had some opportunities. But I said, you know what? Why don't we continue with real estate? So my wife's family, they're in land development um, and construction. So I said, you know what? That's kind of, it's real estate related. You know, yeah. it's not quite what I was doing, rental properties. But I felt like, you know what? This could be a learning experience. And I could just kind of see a whole other side of the business. So I started doing that once we moved here. But I built a good team back in, in back in Canada, so I just kept investing. So quickly I started acquiring other properties. You know, I had the confidence now, so I would, uh, and I had some capital, and I would just go out, you know, buy a couple of condos, buy a single other single family, and it was six, seven, eight properties within the next year and a half in the Hamilton area. And all while I was, I was living in the US. So one thing I'd like to address maybe, um, I'm not sure how much time we have on your show, but I'd like to kind of talk a little bit about kind of doing everything virtually. Oh, so, yeah. you know, you know, like I'm living in California and all my properties are out of California. They're in, most of them are in, in Canada, uh, but I do have properties in Ohio and North Carolina as well. And a lot of the times people come up like, how do you do that? How do you do everything? You know, is, is it especially expensive or you got all these property managers in place? You got a lot of expenditures and whatnot. Um, or you have other partners that, that, that are doing all the work. And I'm like, not necessarily. The idea of virtual investing and even wholesaling now, that's something I do virtually. Yeah. I think uh, it's something that it piques people's interest. When I entered into Windsor, I never been to Windsor, maybe once in my life when I was a kid, but I was here living in, in, in California. So what I did was pick up the phone and start dialing up numbers, talk to pretty much every property manager I could reach, every realtor I could reach, asking a lot of questions. And from there, I was making notes, getting familiar with different areas, different, getting familiar with you know, the, the local economy, what's going on, how are things changed, asking questions, 
and building the relationship all over the phone. So months of conversation will go by and, you know, you start building like a little bit of a relationship and people start getting comfortable with you. And I'm like, okay, let's start making some offers. And they're like, okay, this guy's serious. So that's how things progress. We start making some offers. And then finally, you know, the first property we actually found off market was through a property manager that, you know, we had caused dialogue going, texting back and forth regularly. And, uh, and soon enough, he's like, Hey, I have a client, you know, an older couple, they've had his property since like 1982 and they're looking to potentially like sell it. Are you interested? I'm like, what is it? And he's like, it was a five, five plex, five unit in this area. And it's got like a, a side lot to it that could potentially be severed. I'm like, I'm interested, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, no, no brainer. You know, we went back and forth a little bit, but he, he was a, a property manager and an agent. He represented both sides. So, so we, we pretty much got the deal done. So to go back to virtual, how I do everything virtually, I just yeah. kind of build relationships and have everything on my phone. Everything's done through pretty much texts and sometimes calls. So just like right now, like, you know, we're communicating, you know, virtually. We're doing this over the internet. You know, we've never met in person, but now we're building relationships. So imagine doing this on a week to week or month to month basis. We're going to start knowing each, a little bit about each other's lives. We're going to know about your family. It's going to come up, what you like to do. So it's kind of like, you know, each other. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, I really want to do a deal together. You may be more inclined to say, well, I've been talking to this Thomas guy now for six months. You know, he's a pretty cool guy. I've seen what he's been doing. He's been sharing some stuff. So he looks legit and you know, why not? Let's, let's, maybe let's do something together. Um, so I'll be doing all this virtually, you know, from um, talking to realtors, talking to property managers and contractors. Uh, once, you know, a lawyer, those are pretty easy. You can get referrals. Uh, referrals are another thing. So networks, I, I should emphasize that as well. So just as me and you connected off one of these Facebook groups is, is, is also um, how you can build relationships to connect with other potential investors, partners, or people to build your team. So I found in the last few years, these Facebook groups have been very, um, very, you know, very good to, to connect with people and uh, find some common elements and able to, uh, you know, create win-win scenarios. So similar thing that, you know, I, you know, we, we could transition to the U S stuff I do as well, but again, everything is virtual, everything yeah. done through the phone. I don't think, yeah, I, th I think it works the same, whether you're Canada, U S wherever. Um, but you're doing virtual wholesaling, right? So yes. What? There's some there's some parts to, to doing wholesaling that is always what hangs everyone up. And everyone's always really interested in doing virtual wholesaling if they want to live in Canada and do it in, you know, the Midwest or wherever in the United States. Sure. So you're going to need some team members on the ground, right? Because, yes. like, you can always send out your mailers. You can buy lists and do all your typical wholesaling thing. Um, what, what team members do you uh, employ to have, like, who are local to the market? A good network of people to begin with because you don't know where a deal can come from yes you can spend the money and doing mailers and like what you mentioned creating your own marketing campaign but i'm finding deals through people i know hey this property is potentially available hey i know this guy he may want to sell type of thing right so just building a relationship and networking with people is a good starting point then yes you can invest in marketing and that could be done virtually but locally i think a good solid realtor one or even two you know that know their business know the market understand what your strategy is, what you're looking for, understanding that wholesaling, there needs to be additional buffer. So if there's something on the market, we're going to have to get a, a, a enough 
of a, a discount to make sense uh, to wholesale. If it's something that is off market, well then, you know, we're gonna run comps. So they're gonna help you do kind of that, you know, that whole side to, to be able to analyze the deal and whatnot. Um, then there's like inspections. You're gonna need people to, you know, walk the property, confirm certain things. So those are not very difficult. You pay someone, you know, go to a property company, I mean, property management company or uh, a home inspection company, just walk the property, give you a report, three, 400 bucks, whatever. Um, and now you have the, the enough data to say, okay, this is a good deal. Now, once you acquire the property, then there's a whole slew of things. Do you have to do some repairs and maintenance to it? Well, you need a good contractor. So those are things that you should probably be building those relationships before you even acquire the property. So contractors, and there's a slew of them. You may have a general contractor or more specific ones. Okay, I would like to go over the the process a little bit. So you have gone and you have like some connections. You made some. You've made, met people. They basically bring the deal to you. Sure. You know, like, would you have somebody? Would you actually do the negotiation all over the phone, or would you have someone who sits down at their coffee table and hashes out the deal for you? Most of the stuff's done over the phone. Okay. Even like to buy like like even buying your own principal home, you rarely talk to the homeowner. You're gonna have realtors in between. Right. So now what's the difference if I'm in the same city or I'm in a different state or different country? It doesn't really matter at that point. It comes down to, hey, we've got a sign back or we've got a counter offer back. And now let's look at it and then reply back. Um, if it's off market, then I may have an agent represent both sides. But yeah, most times, you know, I, I'm rarely going. I can't say rarely, but a good percentage of the time I'm having someone in between. So that makes it a lot easier and someone from that market. So I may, if it's somewhere in Ohio, I may have, you know, someone that market that I trust. I can say, listen, can you go to the property or speak to the owner? I'm looking to make an offer in this particular house. You know, let's, let's draft up the offer. Or I guess you need a contractor to sort of see what delinquent repairs are left. When do you bring them in? You know, once you gotta make, the, you gotta make an offer, if the offer is accepted, then yes, you gotta move forward with your due diligence. And that's gonna require doing inspection. Do I have a contractor? Sometimes I have just a general contractor walk through the property and identify deficiencies. Two, do I get a full-on inspection report done? Yes, I may do that. That's also vital for when you want to wholesale. It just gives that buyer, uh, you're going to sign a contract to a little more reassurance. So, well, okay, Thomas, spend the money on a, on a home inspection. It's a third-party company. It's a full report. At no point does it really need me to be physically there. Right. I'm reading more and more of people just doing it all over the phone and you don't need to have that face to face interaction. Again, it's just the world we live in now, especially the whole COVID thing. Uh, we're just doing everything, meetings and stuff. We're getting so comfortable doing these virtual Zoom calls and, and whatnot that, you know, it's more and more likely that it's going to continue in the near future. <laughs> yeah. So and also you're in Ohio now, right? So did you know someone in Ohio or how did you get into Ohio? Because you're finding most of your deals from uh, referrals, right? From person to person. So do yeah. you have some sort of connection to Ohio? I started looking at different states. So, you know, it took, it took some time. I would just go on different podcasts and just kind of do my own research. And there's a handful of properties where the numbers are very attractive. Ohio happens to be one of them, you know, where you get the 1% rule. It's very easy. There's even people doing 2% plus type of thing. So, you're, you know, acquiring a property, a single family home for under $100,000 and the rents are around $1,000 a month. I'm like, it's just like, so those are base hits. You could do this all day long. It just came down to, you know, where some opportunities came up. And the first one was, you know, I, I met someone and they were doing a deal 
um, in Ohio. I started looking at that particular market a little bit more. I said, hmm, you may, you may introduce me to somebody. And uh, from there, acquire my first property. So it wasn't like a hard set, got to go to Ohio. It was almost like, where do the numbers work? And where the opportunity came up? And it happened to be Ohio. And then all of a sudden, you start dialing in in that area. And you start acquiring a few more in that area. And then after the second acquisition, when I actually flew to Ohio for a couple of days and drive around and get even more familiar with the areas and connect with some locals to build up my team in that area. You know, okay. you can find off market through my realtor contacts, uh, okay. again, through property managers. Um, and then a, a lot of these, like they're very, you know, these turnkey providers, they're very common, but sometimes you build a relationship with them or a contractor they know. There's a property here, you kind of take a look at it. And then, you know, things just start connecting and you find an off-market opportunity. Thomas, if people want to get a hold of you, where's the best way to reach you? Um, well, I'm very active on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, my Instagram handle is Thomas underscore Lorini. And, uh, and, uh, and, and my full name uh, for Facebook. Those two platforms I'm on um, quite often. You got to start somewhere. You need to learn. Yes, you can go on bigger pockets. You can read. You can listen to blogs, but it's all it's nothing like actually having someone that you can actually pick up the phone and call and ask questions, whatever's top of your mind. I want to be a resource for people. That's great. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thank you, Glenn. It's a pleasure. Um, awesome to meet you finally. And uh, just wish you all the best. Thank you.